This episode is brought to you by Maui Nui Venison, a mission-based food company bringing the healthiest meat on the planet directly to your door. I have strived over the years to cultivate a deeper connection with the food that fuels myself and my family, balancing nutritional value and ethics that align with our values. This process has led me to harmonize with nature as much as possible. Maui Nui Venison brings this process to fruition. Not only does this company provide the most nutrient-dense meat available, this is the only stress-free, 100% wild-harvested red meat on the market, an operation that is truly one of its kind, actively managing Maui's invasive axis deer populations, helping to restore balance to vulnerable ecosystems and communities in Hawaii. Maui Nui seeks to restore balance, not eradicate or farm these animals. Managing populations means only a limited number of memberships are available. Get yours while you can. Go to MauiNuiVenison.com slash mindful to get 20% off your first order. Before you drift off into one of our meditations or dive into a podcast interview, I would like to share with you one of the new opportunities for our listeners at The Mindful Movement. This is Sarah Raymond, and I'm so excited to announce the expansion of our coaching services to include two of my good friends and excellent coaches, Nikki Dyer and Laura Cannon. Both Nikki and Laura provide their own unique skill sets, allowing us to meet the needs of our growing audience. If you want to learn more, just follow the coaching link in the show notes. As always, we are grateful for your support and look forward to working with you. Hey everyone, she's back. Okay. I, I got Sarah on the podcast, pretty much my favorite podcast guest. Thank you, I think. Thanks for joining me, Sarah. It was a, I know it was a long trek to get to the studio here. It's all the way across the, the hallway from our bedroom. <laughs> but we endured the traveling through treacherous conditions and we are here together. Yeah. And that's really nice. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. So the mindful movement, we've been pretty busy. You've been really busy. Yeah, I have been busy. So there's been some stuff in the back end of the mindful movement that maybe we'll talk about a little bit. Um, some stuff on the horizon, and you've been busy with courses. Mm -hmm. And really well. A lot of hypnotherapy sessions. And yeah. for for the listeners out there, if you just listen to a lot of the um, free content on our channel um, you know you might have heard Sarah's voice quite a bit guiding you through different meditations and some of them are kind of hypnosis based for mm -hmm. sure and, but then there's also this this deeper dive you could take on your own personal journey with like a private hypnotherapy session and I think uh, a lot of people are curious of what that looks like and what that process is like and we touched on it a little bit I think in the last I believe we might have in the last little interview we did and so maybe we'll review that sure. and I know there were some topics of I think an upcoming uh, is it a workshop a workshop, a workshop yes. that's coming up that will be available which I think is really nice nice offering because um, it sounds like it's a really accessible workshop price point wise so it'll be neat to allow people to take advantage of that yeah before we get into that is there anything else you want to share that you've been up to or things on your mind those all sound good i mean i'd like to maybe turn the tables as well and hear from you 
If Someone's like, what? <laughs> if you'd be open to that. What do you mean? In what capacity are you talking about? <laughs> I'm, I'm are you threatening me? Springing it on you. What is this? What do you want to... Well, just to hear about what you're doing and what oh. you were up to and maybe have a few questions for you. All right. Well, we may have to switch seats for that. But <laughs> for it to be effective. Um, let's see. So... Well, let's go over all these things. Okay. So Where do you want to start? Let's start with the um, the course that has been going on. And is this going to be a regular thing that you're going to be offering? And maybe sure. maybe there's some more listeners don't even know that that's an offering through the mindful movement. Sure. Well, the course, or I think of it as like a group program in a way, is... Um, it's been running for a few a few sessions now, and uh, the way that it stands is a six-week online course where participants have access to an online uh, portal, online library, I guess, and they go through a process of understanding themselves a little bit better, looking at their values and their mm, sort of mission in life, if you will, so that they can develop uh, habits and routines that help to support living in alignment with those values and what's really important with them to ideally find more fulfillment for themselves, more happiness, passion, and reduce overall suffering. Mm. I like the sound of all those things. How big is that group? Uh, we, I've been keeping it fairly small because we have weekly 90-minute uh, group meetings and there is a short practice in the beginning, a little bit of breath work, meditation, quick journaling, but the, the majority of that is uh, interaction with each other. So uh, sharing what has been working really well, kind of celebrating wins together, talking about any challenges that they each may have of the course or outside of the course in ways that as a group we can support one another and then uh, making a commitment for themselves for the, the week ahead. So there's so, like homework along the way throughout the week and then you meet once a week together? Correct. There is uh, There are lessons every week that are guiding through various topics to help support the main goal of living in alignment with values and what's important to you. And then there are uh, weekly movement and meditation practices to help facilitate that. So the movement in the course is designed to help you understand yourself, connect with your experience, then it leads into a, uh, well, it doesn't have to be seated, but a meditation practice after that. So it's less about like exercising and getting strong or, you know, whatever the goals are of exercise, but more with the intention of movement as a form of mindfulness or like a moving meditation in a way. Okay. Which is a little different than exercise in my, in my opinion. So do you feel, so the hypnotherapy you do, those private sessions are one-on-one -on -one, and this is group. Do you feel like one, like a group, some people just gravitate or thrive more in a group environment or do you think it's more of a sequence like 
I know at the at the gym, the mo the process that's been most successful for my clients is starting off with one on one, getting lots of attention, and then transitioning to a group. Do you feel like that is an algorithm that works for this like personal growth stuff, or is it just like finding what fits you best? I think the latter. I I do believe that some people do really well one-on-one and it's only one person to trust sharing with and feel safe with and that works really well other people it might be the opposite of that like let me just dip my toes in working with Sarah and understanding her methods and you know forming a relationship in a setting that let's say there are 10 participants in theory one-tenth of my attention would go to each of the participants. So it's a little, for some people, like that feels safer and Mm. it feels more uh, accessible. Other people, you know, don't have any need for attention or safety, you know, like those things aren't an issue, but perhaps they really thrive on the energy of a group. I I really think everyone's different and uh, it's important to... I mean, the whole process is about getting to know yourself a little bit better. So mm. understanding where you might be the most successful or mm, successful is maybe not the right term, but where you might be able to feel the most comfortable and get the most benefit out of it. Gotcha. So, yeah, so that sounds like a really um, inviting model probably for a lot of people having that group where it's a little bit of attention, a mm-hmm. little bit of group and then a little bit of alone time doing the homework I guess throughout Correct. the week yes yeah that, that that aspect of it is all self-study so I know we touched on it the last time but maybe shortly just to revisit before we move on to like what's on the horizon um, the personalized hypnotherapy uh, oftentimes I walk down the hallway and the door is closed and I know there's something really serious going on on the other side but I know you're in here by yourself <laughs> and you're talking to somebody. I can't really, I can't hear what you're saying, right. but I know you're talking to somebody. I know there's no one else in there. So what goes on in those uh, sessions? Well, that's a big secret, isn't it? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. And actually, I just had a conversation with one of my clients. Uh, maybe it was yesterday or the day before. And uh, funnily enough, she, she didn't really know what she was getting into when she made this appointment with me. Uh, so the question was, well, I practice your meditations on YouTube. What's the difference between meditation and hypnosis? And I, I actually get that question a lot. And my uh, simple enough answer is that hypnosis is goal-oriented. We are working together to make some type of desired transformation or change, whether it's uh, tangible like quitting drinking or smoking or weight reduction. Uh, I feel like those are more tangible, like uh, measurable uh, goals or something that's a little less quantifiable. Is that the right word when you can measure it? (laughs) Uh, Like confidence or reduction of symptoms of anxiety you know that's more uh, subjective to the person that is making the change but either of those that's like that's the goal 
we're trying to gotcha. do something, change something. Yeah, it's interesting because I got in a conversation really recently with somebody and you know, there was this inclination from the other party that there was a reluctancy to change. And I, I think about it, and I, I think recently I did a mindful tip about change in general, but um, it's like so silly, as if we have a choice not to change. Mm-hmm. Like there's, you're changing every day. Like sure, there's nobody true. that you're going to talk to that five years ago was the same. So you're going to change. So it's like you can have a, a say in like turning the dials of change so that you're not necessarily controlling but at least directing the traffic of the you know the direction that you're changing or you're you're still gonna change it's just like if you sit on the couch and do nothing all day (laughs) and eat ice cream you could think you're not doing anything because you don't want to change you're gonna change you're probably gonna gain weight and get lethargic and your mood's gonna be yucky and you're gonna get aches and pains or whatever like changes ha- it's coming your way i'm imagining the person that i met what is it like tw- over 20 years ago who is that you who is now my husband and even from when we got married 18 years ago we're both such different people you pretty much look the same though yeah i don't know about that but I feel like I'm a different person. Yeah. Yeah, we're both definitely different people. Well, I, like I said in that tip, I mean, none of the cells in your body here That's true. were around then. So yeah, going to be different. Um, yeah. So I remember a time where I was looking to change. And I, mm. I know you wanted to touch on confidence today and I I think the upcoming workshop is about confidence so um, I remember when I started the process of change if you would have asked which was a long time ago like intentionally change I mean obviously it was already changing but like the intention to change like oh I need to do something with my life or and it started my entry point was through exercise Mm -hmm. and if you would ask me before that like i thought i was confident but and like when i met you i thought i was confident and you might have even thought i I was confident and that was one thing that i feel attracted to attracted me to you so but in (laughs) reality yeah yeah. but like now that you know I could look back more objectively and, you know, I a more live a more, I guess, self-reflective lifestyle. And I could see that it wasn't really confidence. It was probably co- something closer to cockiness, which uh, maybe well, got me through some years. It could have been kind of a defense mechanism in a way, right? Like you were protecting yourself from being seen as less than you wanted to be seen, mm, right? Yeah. There's always some kind of insecurity mm-hmm. at the heart of that, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I guess what was interesting is even though I wasn't maybe confident at the time, through exercise, it was it's like confidence is an inside job. Like mm-hmm. I was uh, cultivating it, like creating it, building it out of thin air out of behaviors which then grew and 
You read Atomic Habits, right? I think yeah. I recommend James Clear. It. Yeah. yeah, so that's a book that I recommend to a lot of people, Atomic Habits. Uh, you said the author is James Clear? Yeah, I think so. Well, one of the quotes, which I might not have verbatim, but he talks about every action you take is a vote for the type of person that you want to mm. be. And I think of exercise that way um, very clearly, right? Every time you, you make the commitment to go to the gym or you know, get on your yoga mat or whatever your form of exercise is, it's like I, I'm making a vote for being a person who exercises, right? right? And when you see success or commitment in something that you've made a decision to do, it is a signal to yourself that you you're that you are the type of person that right. exercises and that you can be successful at what you put your mind to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it is something that you can build through just practicing, and then it's it maybe it's one of those fake it till you make it things, but then you have it and you have some, and then you could right. build and you could layer on and. Um, like I remember, and I think I mentioned this before too, when I, um, I was drinking regularly, I drank alcohol like every day basically for 20 some years and there was a long period of time where I wanted to quit mm -hmm. the last few years of my drinking. Mm -hmm. Like I, I hated that I drank. I, I hated that I felt that I needed to and I didn't know how to stop and I don't know how I uh, came to the idea that it was a lack of confidence that kept me from it, but it wasn't... Are you saying that kept you from quitting? It kept me from quitting, because it, mm -hmm. like, it was hard for me to imagine being successful. Like I, I knew I could quit for a week or two, but it was hard for me to imagine that I could not drink again. Mm -hmm. So it's like just a lack of belief in one's own abilities. It's not like I didn't want to. What do you feel flipped the switch for you or allowed you to successfully make the change? Because it's been five, six years Five now. years and change. Yeah. I don't know, but I, I don't know what the switch was. Um, I mean, there were a lot of nights where I'd wake up feeling yuckier in mornings where I, I just, like, hated. I, I think I really was starting to hate hate myself for not mm -hmm. being able to drink, to not be able to stop. Sure. And, um, but then, like I didn't, I remember, it's not like I worked on quitting to quit. Because at the heart of it was the, I mean, there were even beliefs below of why I started. But just the act of quitting was problematic because problematic there wasn't a belief that I, in myself and my abilities to quit. So it was really like a confidence issue. So I listened to a confidence hypnosis that was probably 20 or 30 minutes long. Mm -hmm. And I listened to it, I think almost every day, like around lunchtime, I would just like take a midday nap and listen to it. And it definitely helped me get through it. It had nothing to do with quitting alcohol. It was really just a confidence in myself to do mm -hmm. something hard or, and to see myself being able to do it. And, it, and then it worked. Yeah, the words that you say to yourself and the images that you you see in your mind are really powerful. So I, I always use the idea of willpower, like 
a muscle, right? Like you had it, you had made a decision that you wanted to quit for a while and you might go a week where you weren't drinking and that was like your willpower kicking in saying you know I'm gonna flex my willpower muscle and not drink because that was what you decided and it worked for so long until some trigger or some situation something the smell of bourbon maybe it's the smell <laughs> of bourbon I don't know that's not my my trigger but whatever it is it it was like too much for your willpower it like overtook it, it like you still won the arm wrestling the, right but it was still yeah. a flexing so it was still like exercising the muscle and then you build and it gets stronger i guess i guess so I, I don't know if that if that actually happens so you honestly. think like if you break for two weeks but then you fail like it doesn't count like it didn't add up to the process you know i don't really know the answer to that i yeah. mean Maybe. I think in the process of, you know, flexing your willpower muscle, you were you were starting to build a little confidence, a little bit of belief in yourself. And I, I think that that probably had more to do with the eventual success than the strength of the willpower. Gotcha. Because what, what we know is that our beliefs drive our behaviors. So the only way to change a behavior permanently is to change the underlying belief, which is what it sounds like you were doing listening to this recording. Right. Right? You were telling your mind that you wanted to quit drinking. You had made the decision. You were visualizing yourself being successful at that change. And perhaps, I don't think you said this, but perhaps you were visualizing what your life might look like without drinking, right? Like, so if you had a habitual time that you had a drink, like, I don't know, watching a baseball game, and then you were like, how am I gonna watch a baseball game without having a drink? Maybe visualizing that in some other way, maybe it's having a conversation with someone, or maybe you decided to not watch baseball for a while. Maybe or... that's why I don't watch baseball anymore. <laughs> Did I just call that one? <laughs> what are some other things like what are other common examples where people are dealing with something mm -hmm. that they're struggling with and they think it's one thing, but really at the heart it's like something else and like maybe it is a confidence issue. Um uh... How about health? Like, there's a lot of health-related anxiety that I've worked with various people about, and I think, you know, in the last year and a half, all of that has like gone through the roof. Gotcha. Meaning, like, worries about your own health, the health of your loved ones, um, how you can possibly like control the situation and make sure that no one gets sick. Or does that make sense? The health, health. Uh, anxiety uh, so that I feel like is typically about something outside of what we think it is for example um, I worked with a client who 
she worried anytime she didn't hear back from her adult children. Like she would call them and say, you know, wondering where they are and they, they wouldn't answer. And so until she spoke to them again, it was like, oh my gosh, they're, they're sick. They're in a hospital. They're dying. Like the, the worst you know, case. the worst case scenario would go through, uh, through her head. And it wasn't necessarily about that. It was more that when she was being raised as a child, her mom didn't let her do anything for fear of getting sick or getting hurt or like, you know, you can't ride a bike because you might fall. Mm. So she never learned how to ride a bike. And so it was always the worst case scenario. And that's how, she, that's her belief. Like the, the other, she was always going to drop. And so when she realized that that was like her, her mother's beliefs, put on her and not her own she was able to recognize that you know she doesn't have control over anyone else's behavior or what happens to them and that by worrying about it she was adding more suffering unnecessary suffering right so and she went through this is a hypnotherapy client correct so in a case like that, how do you use the hypnotherapy to do something like that? Just, mm. can you detail that or is it good? I don't want to. Well, I'm not divulging any personal okay. information, but. Um... Oh, and for you listeners out there, if you do get hypnotherapy, she doesn't tell me all the details. <laughs> I don't. It is private. It is, it is private, that is for sure. There's definitely a confidentiality. Um, so wait, what was the question again? So <laughs> in, like a, in a scenario like that, like what would be, like how do you as a hypnotherapist address something like that? Once you hear like the background story, so mm -hmm. someone has like a lot of anxiety, it's around, I guess, the not knowing if her kids are okay. She mm -hmm. realizes this stems from her mother, always worrying about her, not letting her, I guess, live life and right. well, her I fears. Think based on that specific scenario, in the state of hypnosis, which if we go back to hypnosis and meditation, the state is the same, right? It's very relaxed. It's not sleeping. It's a... A safe and uh, restful state of the nervous system and in that state I would say your physical body is relaxed and your uh, conscious thinking logical mind is you could say pushed off to the side or it's like resting and in that state we can speak directly to the subconscious mind which is the emotional part of your mind this is where all of your uh, beliefs about yourself are stored. And it's the part of your mind that you're born with. And it has no understanding or no filter of truth or... So it's not like judging the information that's coming in. It is in. accepting everything that it's being given. And up until the conscious part of your mind is formed around puberty, you're, you're living 
in a world that is being uh, filtered or not filtered, understood through the eyes of that part of your mind, this, this emotional part. So if you have an experience like this woman who her mom, you know, always told her the worst case scenario and that's why we don't do things. So perhaps her belief, and I, I can't remember off the top of my head her exact belief, but my interpretation might be that her belief is that safety is not available mm. to her specifically. Gotcha. And so she will see the world through the eyes of that belief and it will uh, subconsciously play out in these patterns over and over again until that belief is understood, which gives that person the power to understand that it's not relevant, it's not true anymore, and therefore it's hers to release or let go of and make space for a new belief to be uh, practiced or adopted. Gotcha. Does that, is yeah. that what you were asking? Yeah, okay. Yeah, that sounds like it makes sense. And then you just layer in the new belief you want. Correct. And the mind does really well with repetition and consistency, and that's where the personalized recording after the session is like continuing the work that right. we've done. And that's what's nice about the personal hypnotherapy because you're really speaking on behalf of the client. Mm -hmm. So it's really like their words, just your voice. Correct. Correct. But it's their words that they've established they need to hear, but they're so relaxed they can't really say it. So you get super relaxed and then you put those words in their ear and then you could, uh, and what the cool part is you, you get that recording and then you could like listen to it every day for a few weeks or so. Right. The recommendation is around 21 days because that's what research has shown is the average time it takes someone to make a new or form a new habit, okay. which I think is really arbitrary because everyone is different, is different right? right? And so it's yours forever and then you listen to it as much as you need and and then it's there as like a tool if there's some uh, regression or not regression, but like if, if you just need a tune-up. Right. Right. So for someone that is, I, the way I would temper like who this would be right for, if you're, mm -hmm. I wouldn't say at a crossroads in life, but if you feel like you want a, a change that's somewhat dramatic mm -hmm. and you're willing to go deep and it might... Um, peel back some layers like you're pr there's a good chance you're gonna be digging into something from your past there are that other you're that options. you're like either suppressing or you don't want to see or you know that's there or you're just hiding yourself from yourself so much that you don't know it's there the other the other thing I would say about that is that we don't understand these beliefs logically they're not logical is what I guess what I'm trying to say. So in conversation or even in like a solo self-inquiry, like let's say, you know, I ask myself all these questions in a conscious, you know, logical state. I might not be able to answer those questions. Like, you know, why am I feeling a lack of confidence? What, what is the belief? Even if I said to myself, 
what is the belief that I have about myself that is holding me back from having the confidence that I desire. I mean, logically, I want to have confidence. I'm an mm. adult. I, I should be able to have confidence. So how do I understand the answer to that question? And that's where the hypnosis is so powerful because we access the emotional part of our mind. And sometimes things show up that people will say, well, this, this memory is the wrong one. It doesn't make sense, but it always does because our mind knows the answer, mm. right? So if I were to ask that question logically, I might say, well, you know, this is not true, but <laughs> my older brother was a high achiever. And so I felt like I could never live up to his, you know, success which is not true. I love my brother, but he's he was not a high achiever. And You're ragging on your brother? You're saying he's not him. a high achiever? Don't tell him. That's really messed well, up. Well, that's not my story is what I'm trying to say, but I just was making something up off the top of my head. <laughs> I think last time when you put me on the spot, I talked about dog poop. <laughs> you know, these I things I guess just making up. up stories about your older brother is... a a step up. A step up. Anyhow, right. what I'm trying to say is that it's it's always emotional and it's not logical. And so having someone who can be a guide to help, like you said, peel back the layers and understand. Right? That's what that's what I do. I'm a guide. I I'm just asking lots of questions and gotcha. summarizing so that that person, the, the client, can see the the situation in the light that I see it, or the the truth of it, right? Gotcha. So does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So that's um, a very personalized session, Correct. which obviously I would say there's like a risk of, but part of that pro process is, you know, potentially digging up some old memories. And for some folks, they're really ready for that and want that and need that. And for some folks, that can be really scary, terrifying. And then, I would say, though, sorry to interrupt you, yeah. there, there are other methods, other techniques where we don't have to look at past oh. events. And I think that that's important to just note because... Okay, so there's options to go just kind of a from forward from here? Mm, or... It's understanding yourself and uh like for example instead of looking at a specific scene we can speak to the subconscious to understand what the what the issue at hand is affording that person mm, so okay. for example if we're talking about confidence without even looking at any past events we would seek to understand how is the lack of confidence benefiting this person in some useful way. Gotcha. And again, it's not logical because... But there's some <laughs> benefit. like There is. Generally, protection of some sort or uh, prevention of something. Like fear is a big thing that prevents, uh, prevents, right? Gotcha. That's interesting. Um, Did you have an aha moment? 
Well, I think I remember you questioning me about something like that once I, when I was kind of in the midst of like Lyme recovery madness and was having trouble. I mean, it was in like a stage of despair, like this is never, how am I ever going to get better or whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember saying, like posing that question to me, like, what is this affording you? And I thought about it like, shit, am I making myself sick to benefit somehow? Like, and I started thinking, well, like, I can't work that much. Like, am I doing this subconsciously so I don't have to work? Or like, and I don't think that was the case, but mm -hmm. it like led me through a series of questions that I wouldn't have at least considered and like... Did you find any answers? Um, I don't remember. I don't... I don't know if I want to go down that track right now. Okay, fair enough. I've already done, got a little <laughs> vulnerable recently on the podcast. <laughs> I That's think I need I mean. a breather. No, no problem. Uh, so if I were to give just a really basic example that probably most of our listeners have either experienced or witnessed happen in mm -hmm. some, in some capacity. So let's say if I were to use myself as an example, I'm really stressed at work and I keep saying like this job is, you know, making me crazy. This job is killing me or whatever the words are that I'm saying that are expressing the amount of stress and overwhelmed state of just working too much. And then I get the flu and then I'm forced to stay at home, not work, rest. It's not the ideal rest that I wanted. It's not like a vacation in paradise, but it's my mind's way of forcing me to, to get the rest that I need. So very simple example, gotcha. probably is familiar to quite a lot of people. Right. And again, but it's not logical. Like if I really wanted to have a rest, I would take a vacation, right? But that's not what my mind understands. My mind is saying, okay, she needs a break. What, what she's doing at work is, I'm labeling it as discomfort or pain and my mind's job is to move me away from pain and discomfort. And therefore, it's like, all right, we're going to do whatever it takes. Protecting you. Gotcha. Right. So if somebody... So then let's meet in the middle a little bit. So we mm -hmm. have, um, you know, a lot of stuff on the channel, as you guys know. And even though a lot of it is very uh, useful, a lot of it's fairly generic. And then mm -hmm. we have, um, you know, these kind of deeper one-on-one -on -one dives. Mm -hmm. And then which is a, a higher price point, obviously, because the attention they get. And then talk about the workshop on the horizon, because this seems like um, it could be really a good fit for someone that one doesn't want, that wants to maybe dip their toe in a little bit, but you know, has listened to a lot of your meditations mm -hmm. and wants to take a small step forward sure. without maybe, you know, looking under the rug so much or, <laughs> Uh, there may well, be a little bit of under the rug. All right, so yeah. uh, well, let's start off with when. So okay. when is this workshop the coming The workshop up? is Saturday, July 31st. And uh, 
I should know this, but I believe it is uh, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay. I'll make sure I put the link to the all, all the workshop information in the description. And then that workshop will become a self-study course after it's finished. So if you happen to see this after the date, you can still access the material afterwards. Okay, so this is a two-hour... Is this, and this is a live it's thing? It's a two-hour live workshop. It is um, in like the webinar format, which means that uh, participants will see me and have access to like chat and Q&A box, but I will not see anyone's, uh, there's no, no other cameras on. So you do have that sort of level of uh, privacy and security, if you will. Uh, so, you know, no one else will see you. I think that that's uh, helpful to understand because, um, you know, it feels a little scary to imagine being in hypnosis in a group. Yeah. Right. So sure. it's, it's quote group, but it's personalized because you will be in uh, your own space in your own private privacy. Okay. And this is two hours, and what's an and and the theme is confidence. Correct. So this would be good for uh, for you if you're experiencing like a feeling of being stuck, like you can't quite put your finger on it, but something's not quite right, and you'd like to move forward and make a change. So that that would be. And they'll still have a chance to maybe uncover maybe why? Oh, sure. So the format of the workshop is going to be uh, a little bit of a lesson about how the mind works and what are some common uh, limiting beliefs that might be playing a role in the stuckness, the stuckness or like the lack of confidence, lack of self-esteem, lack of self-worth. All of these are kind of in the same uh, category, I would say. And uh, so the, that'll be the first part. And then there will be a, a, a first hypnosis experience where I, I will guide you into a relaxed state and you will start to explore a little bit about some past experiences and to understand, uh, like I said before, the, uh, how the lack of confidence is affording you some benefit in some way. So we'll explore a little bit of that together. And then I think it's really valuable to be able to process that experience. So there'll be kind of a, a journaling section, if you will, with some questions to help process the experience. And then after that is where we're doing more integration of these positive beliefs that we do want. And that second section, the second hypnosis, will be um, accessible, you know, forever after the, the course is over, and that becomes the daily practice to reinforce. Oh, okay. And that's all within the two hours? It is. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, you said a good word there, integration, and mm -hmm. I think that is important. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I mean, there's a lot of tools that we could use to create like a moment of change or like an aha moment or like, oh, I see now, I get it. But if you just stop right there, mm -hmm. you could, 
probably just slip where not slip but like not really change behavior like not really build a new foundation mm-hmm. um but there takes some integration to like apply to your actual life and like fit right. the concepts into maybe like how you're relating to people in your life or how you're relating to yourself in the kitchen or with your time or mm-hmm. how you you know compose the minutes of your day yeah. and um and i think that probably goes for regardless of the tool for change you you use yeah, um i, I mean I, I just think like let's say you're a golfer and you're highly skilled at golf and then you go to the gym to get like stronger at this part that's mm-hmm. that doesn't really it's not part of your golf swing but it's it's in this there somewhere but it doesn't look like a golf swing but then, like, you need to spend time integrating that to get it to translate to your golf swing. Sure. Or, um, like, I know in meditation many times, uh, things will come up, and just because they come up doesn't mean, like, uh, it's all better or whatever. Like, there takes a conscious effort to take those things that came up and then, like, apply them to sure. my life. Sure. Yeah, I think that that's very true with meditation practices and um, like compassion, for example, offering compassion and love for yourself in your own meditation practice so that when you go out into the world and you're interacting with other people and maybe you get triggered by like this feeling of not not being good enough or um, any other sort of negative experience where you might beat yourself up than practicing that compassion coming outside back. of, right? Coming back to the lessons, yeah. So, to put you on the spot, where, <laughs> what, <laughs> why is confidence important to you? Like, can you um, think of something in, uh, in your life, past, or sure. where you feel like... You're also putting you on the spot if you're asking me the right oh, question. Snap, what have I done? Now I'm worried. <laughs> no, Let I'm me sorry. reverse the owl. <laughs> track my question well I can share that if you no, you know, go it's for not it. really a, a putting you in a bad light at all but it involves you I would say Tell one me. example so uh, well confidence I feel like is to put off the question a little bit I, I feel like it's definitely one of my favorite topics to work with because it uh, was such a big impact for me um, but that being said, as I mentioned before, I was 17 when I met you. Well, the day before my 18th birthday. So I was a young person. And For the record, I was fairly young too. I was oh only, yeah. only three years older, even mm-hmm. though I look older than her. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I was young and, um, you know, like I said, you you came off as very confident. Like you knew what you wanted and you had very strong opinions and you were you were very articulate at uh, stating those opinions and therefore I never really interacted or communicated with someone close to me who who was like that does that make sense Hmm. so I had to like learn how to communicate with you and get my 
opinion, my voice, my thoughts across in a way that was true to myself and not just like, okay, well, he has this really strong opinion and so I'm just gonna like roll over and accept it. And that took a long time, a lot of practice and uh, perhaps living together and then being kicked out and then living together again. Mm. Yeah, I think I was definitely not a skilled listener at that time in my life. And I, I guess I really hadn't uh, learned how to communicate with someone with that communication style. So my, my lack of confidence was triggered by that on a regular basis. But, you know, we've been married 18 years together, four years before that, so... I think I figured out how to communicate with you. <laughs> We're still married. So, you know, I learned a lot about myself. I understood how to stand up for myself in a way that wasn't like uh, argumentative. It was just, you know, this is how I think and this is what I believe. And I could get that point across to you. However, I still see on occasion those, uh, tendencies show up like recently we've had a business a couple different business discussions that you know I thought I had this great idea I wanted to do something to move forward with the business and I brought it to you all excited and you're like the I think what you say is you play devil's advocate but to me it feel it felt like you don't know what you're talking about you're wrong, you, and I know that you didn't mean it this way, but that's how I interpreted it, and so my lack of confidence was mm. was significantly triggered, and so I just shut down, and I'm like, okay, I can't have this conversation anymore. We need to we need to end it right now, and then that sort of feeling of not good enough or second guessing my opinions and my ideas, it it trickles over. I do think that I've been able to kind of corral it in and understand that that's what's happening. And so I can kind of clean up that mess a little faster. It's interesting because in the moment, like I have no idea that you feel that way. And it's like kind of heartbreaking to hear. Um, and I know that I, I do play the devil. I've always like just pushed back against mm -hmm whether it be teachers, authority, or like the devil's advocate just is a very natural fit for me. And it's not because I disagree, I just, I'm always, I've always questioned like why, like prove it. Yeah. What do you mean? Prove <laughs> yeah, prove it. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't really have a whole lot of experience navigating that before I met you. Yeah. Yeah, but it's given me an opportunity to grow and learn yeah. to communicate with that type of communicator. Yeah, me too. And I have oh, to still, you're welcome. <laughs> and I'm sure I have a lot of room for growth on like my, even in being, a, a, you know, a devil's advocate where I don't mean ill intent or whatever, just to be able to deliver those questions mm -hmm. in a more curious way and not maybe as a condescending way or something that like to imply that you're wrong or something or that that's a bad idea. Well, I watch our children communicate with you and they can 
surely hold their own in a conversation with you. So I'm proud of them and impressed. And um, they learned that skill very early. (laughs) (laughs) I just feel like there was not a lot of like conflict. Uh, Well, you know, I have two brothers and we fought growing up. We were very close in age. We're both out of drinks. Don't drink my coffee. I was going to drink some. I was going to. You, share. You, you know how I feel about. Let me tell you about sharing drinks sharing real quick. Coffee. Let's take a quick detour and give you some <laughs> insight into dinner time at our house. Oh, really? This is what you want to talk about on the podcast? Sarah steals my drink all the time at dinner, <laughs> and then she's getting mad at me for taking a look to see if she has any available sips to share. <laughs> <laughs> what else? So. Course is coming up, July or workshop coming workshop, up, yep. July thirtieth, thirty first, thirty first. It's a Saturday, four p.m. Eastern time. You think? We'll double check. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. Um, in the description of this, there'll be a link that they could sign up. It's two hours. Are there any things to consider preparation wise for someone that's interested in that? Sure. Uh, you would want to be able to have two hours of uninterrupted space, if possible, internet access, obviously. Um, one thing that I learned from the first, uh, the last workshop I did was that I would recommend also maybe having a timer because one of the uh, participants in the course emailed me afterwards and said that uh, she fell asleep during the first hypnosis and missed the rest, of <laughs> the whole rest of the thing, even though, you know, I was talking and she didn't wake up. She didn't wake up. But it's all recorded and it will be accessible after gotcha. after the um, the workshop is over. But you know, I'll remind people during during the workshop this hypnosis will take about twenty minutes, whatever it is. Set a timer so that you make sure that you are waking up and moving on to the next step. If if especially if you're laying down and, you know, participating in a very relaxed state. We don't wanna Cool. And anything else? Um, journal, have a journal handy, you know, be ready to uh, explore a little bit and maybe even, if possible, have the opportunity to have some restful experience or restful activities afterwards because... You You're know, not going to want to just jump up and run errands or no, whatever. No, no, no. You know, it can, it can be a little bit draining. It can, it can feel like... Um, I don't know how you would how you would describe it. It just can feel a little draining. Like just a like emotionally tiring. Correct. Or? Like a little overall lethargy. Gotcha. Mentally, physically, all of it. Yeah. Great. Well, that's great. Um, yeah. I think that's a great opportunity for folks. So if you're listening out there, yeah. Um, if you if that's accessible for you, check it out. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, even though it's titled Building Confidence, confidence, I think, can play a role in a lot of different issues in terms of, like, career success, uh, attracting uh, the right partner, like, enjoying a healthy relationship uh, with, your, with your spouse or your children or, you know, friends. Um, even... If there's some like low low level anxiety, I think improving confidence can help uh, reduce some of the symptoms of anxiety as well. Like especially if anxiety comes across as like 
the the state of being overwhelmed or fear fear based anxiety that I think confidence building can support as well. Great. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about something? I'd like to hear your experience with confidence and I already talked about you talked about exercise using confidence oh. or building confidence with exercise. Was what else did you have in mind? Like I don't know, maybe relationships. You don't have to. I just thought that maybe. I feel like you're trying to allude to. I feel like you have something in mind, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> well, I guess you know we've talked recently about how some childhood events may have led to certain beliefs that may in turn lead to some issues or lack of confidence. Mm. Um, well, I did recently, if if you haven't checked it out, I don't know if you That's saw it. With the EMDR? Yeah, thing. when Rebecca Strong was on the podcast, she, um, I don't want to say, she ambushed me. <laughs> And uh, it, it was. It didn't feel like an no, ambush. I'm kidding. But. I listened to that. We're one. having a talk, and then all of a sudden, I'm talking about like childhood stuff when my parents are separating and mm -hmm. like the belief systems that are formed out of that. And um, I guess there's some confidence or lack of confidence that is uh, created from that. But I would say if you want to hear that, go listen to that okay. episode. Um, it was weird how the conversation slipped into that topic unexpectedly yeah. but it's a good example of how childhood stuff can show up and manifest mm -hmm. and then d really dictate our behaviors as an right. adult i think that uh, it would that's a good example of how how trauma shows up in so many different ways because what you described was your parents separating like you remember the day that your dad left the house, right? And mm -hmm. even though that feels like it could potentially be insignificant in in someone's life, and it's very common, right? There's fifty percent of marriages it, yeah. end in divorces. Yeah, it's crazy. Is that is that the statistic somewhere in that Somewhat. vicinity? I mean, that's that's a huge amount. Half of the half of the people that get married. So, what I'm trying to say is that. You know, some people will come to me and say, well, I didn't have any trauma in my life. But then I hear their childhood and I'm like, well, it's not about the, the stimulus so much or the event. It's about how you receive it. Right. Like it's the it's the person who's experiencing it that makes it trauma. Yeah. And whatever the most sense. traumatic thing is for you mm -hmm. is the most traumatic thing for you right. so like you could see doesn't have to be like things going off to that war. look very different it could yeah it could be like one is 17 year old going to war and like six months later they just see death every day and they're mm -hmm. responsible for it and then someone else that's like uh you know has what many would think is a perfect life but they just feel mm -hmm. constant pressure on their parents to get good grades mm -hmm. and like somebody would say well, like that's not bad at all you have it you have it made but internally, the nervous system, Correct. they could yeah. be interpreted the same. Yeah. 
that's what you have to say about that. Well, you know, one thing I notice in the, the gym a lot, and I don't know if you've been watching our movement videos or, you know, we've been getting a little bit into breath and I've been practicing breath work for a while and mm -hmm. we're slowly dripping it into our content a little bit more. And I'm a little reluctant because I think it is a really powerful tool and I think people could get carried away and I like mm -hmm. to teach it when I'm in front of somebody so I can see yeah. how they're responding. So on videos, I'm always a little cautious of like, is someone on the other side of this video passing out or something? Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I see so many of the clients over the years come to the gym and they're just like, their breathing mechanics are so jacked and dysregulated and, you know, there's... That is stress. Like it could be something that you would have no idea that's stressing you out. Right. And it could be like you just Vulnerable. breathe funky. And uh, maybe that funky breathe is coming from a stressful event from when you're a kid. But there's all kinds of ways that your nervous system could be interpreted mm -hmm. as sure. stress. So, um, you know, it, it might be, uh, you know, it can come in a lot of subtle ways. I mean, our modern world is full of stressors compared to, you know, even a hundred years ago. Yeah. What are the things that you are doing now? Let's give the audience maybe one practice that you're leaning on that's not hypnosis, that's not meditation. Maybe, you know, just some activity or does, something does that watching, you do. Uh, Modern Family on Hulu count. <laughs> Sarah's been in a little bit of a, a Modern Family binge. Well, our daughter's about to go away to college, so it's our oldest child is leaving us soon, and it's a little crazy. So we're taking advantage of the time. Ever so, I take uh, walks with with her every day, and you do join sometimes, and you mm -hmm. seem to be watching this show with her as a way yeah. to connect. Yeah. So that yeah, that counts. And That's like that's an not a real stress-relieving practice. Well, it is. You work really hard, and at the end of the day, you want to be able to turn it off, and if it takes yeah. a distraction, you know, um, it's not the, the world. I mean, if you have a drink mm -hmm. of booze to take to take the edge off, it's not bad. Like, right. I when couldn't successfully successful. do that. When I did that, I couldn't really control myself. Mm -hmm. But um, whether you use a compound, whether it's cannabis, or it's a TV show, mm -hmm. or if it's a walk, or... Um, meditation, I mean, yeah. find what works for you. You know, medicine is what helps you live. Mm -hmm. So, tea, if, and not to mention, that's a funny show. <laughs> so, like, I'm always like, uh, not always, sometimes I watch, but I'll be upstairs meditating or stretching, <laughs> and I hear you and Molly laugh from the living room, and I, like, I take joy just yeah. hearing that you guys are yeah. laughing. And, uh, we, you know, we laughing got on is... The, the bandwagon pretty late, though, so... Oh, is it an old show? or I, I believe it, it may be just finishing or just finished recently, you know, 11 seasons or something. But I don't but know. there's something nice about being able to binge and watch three quick episodes in yeah. a row. Yeah, no commercials. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that that's my practice really, but it does help me to kind of wind down. Wind down it seems bit. like a practice this yeah. last several months. <laughs> Well, I, I do have others. I, you know, I've been walking and I've been doing some journaling and I have a, a number of books that I really love that are all like these daily, daily reader books. And I find them to be really valuable. And for whatever reason, I pick up 
the right book and open to the right page at the right time. And I like that. I just really love. I don't know. I don't, I don't read the same book every single day and I don't like stay on the, the, the dates that are offered, but you just open the book. Open I open the, the book and I, you know, maybe I'll flip through a couple pages, but I, I always seem to get what I need out of those. And I love that. It's like, it's like, I feel like it's more special when I do it that way because then it's like, this is, this is what I needed today. Well, I love that you have that in your life. I like to read them to you too. I do love that. <laughs> I, I get spoiled sometimes. Um, let's wrap it up on that. All right. Those are my practices. Thanks again out there for tuning in and for listening to us. Of course, um, you know, very grateful for all the support we get. And if you have any questions or something you want to add to this, then just uh, leave it in the comments. And hopefully, we'll see you on July 31st. And if you want to take part of that and you feel like maybe you just can't swing it financially, mm -hmm. just shoot us an email and we'll do something yeah. for you. We promise. That's it? I think so. All right. Signing off. All Have right. a great day, everyone. Thank you.